the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here at TK Show, recording from the home studio on an early morning, uh, but very, very glad to have on my guest, somebody who's been on several times. Has an off day in Chicago after a seven home run performance the day before. I think that's got to be pretty good. Uh, feeling okay for an off day. It's Gabe Kapler, manager of the Giants. Gabe, how you doing today? Doing good, Tim. It's good to talk to you, man. Glad, uh, glad we're going to get a chance to catch up. Always good. I, I got to get out to the baseball stadium real soon uh, for, for the home opener for sure. Uh, you know, it's all small sample sizes. We know this, but coming off of a couple shutouts in New York, a lot of strikeouts, uh, a little bit of kind of a cleanser to, to get the seven home runs into the first game of Chicago. How, what's kind of the back and forth emotions of all this? I mean, it's pretty measured and even, right? I, I think um, so. I can remember some of our beat writers, which is totally natural, asking me how Mike Dostrinsky was doing. Was there anything wrong? Anything that we needed to be concerned about um, through some of his at bats in, in camp and spring training? And, you know, I tried to remind everybody that it doesn't work like you see five, six games or 25 plate appearances in spring training and you can draw any conclusions. Baseball is not a sport that you measure in small samples. Um, it doesn't teach you as much as, you know, 250, 500 plate appearances do, which is why we use track record as a barometer, right? As David VR, you use his double A and triple A track record combined with his major league work to try to predict what might happen next by way of example. So anyways, um, you know, the re reporters are, are asking me about Mike and I said, look, we don't, we haven't seen anything yet. And so obviously the first couple of games of the season, he's swinging the bat really well. Um, the home run yesterday. And it's just a reminder that you need time to see what's going to happen. Yesterday was awesome. Big explosion, some home runs, as you mentioned, but again, that doesn't predict what's, going to happen next we expect there to be home runs we expect those home runs to be distributed throughout the roster um, we have a team that can produce power but I, you'll never get me involved in any discussion about four games it's just not it, we don't we don't learn enough through four games did you see things even through all the strikeouts in new york that you liked were there things that you kind of had to focus on heading into the next i mean again we know it's tiny small but that was a lot of strikeouts it, it did look like a, a a lot of guys were a little bit off the pitches. Did you did you have any kind of conversation? I'm sure you guys are constantly having conversations, but any kind of general focus after that series? No, I mean, I guess I understand why you're asking the question, but I, I just got to be like open and honest. I, I think that kind of misses the point. You get, you have, you run into, you know, three games of some high octane pitches, pitching, and your, your batters are, are not squaring the baseball up. You just accept it as part of, baseball so by way of example um you take any three game stretch for a really good hitting team throughout the year and you can find um you know a bunch of punch outs and so no you don't say anything to hitters because if you do say things to hitters they think you don't understand baseball well you, know, you don't baseball doesn't work where you make an adjustment because you struck out a lot in a series you do if you see two three months of that you do if you even see three weeks or four weeks of it, but um, I, get, I get why this is how baseball um, analysis works. From the outside, it doesn't work like that from the inside. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing I've noticed certainly in the Farhan Zaidi era with you there that, you know, even the opening day, there's so much focus, like the opening day roster, make the opening roster. And I get it. It means something. It's the start, but it, it's one game out of 162. And you guys made some moves right at the first game, and then you make more moves game two. Is that almost like, hey, we know there's going to be so much conversation about one game, two games, opening series. Let's not fall into that, and let's treat them like one out of 60, 162 almost like a thought process not to get trapped in that. That's a, that's a great way to break it down, Tim. I think that's spot on. So yesterday I um, listened to Pedro Grafal, the manager of the White Sox postgame presser. And obviously, you know, people in Chicago are, are talking about their opening game. Same piece of the same thing. It's one of, it's one of 162. Like this is, this is not football where you have, you know, less than 20 games to talk about. So every game is a huge chunk of the season. Um, again, that we hold a lot of space and understanding for analysts to break, break things down from the outside. We just can't do it from the inside because you can't earn the trust of the players that way. So you, you, you sit back and you wait and you watch it you know, all happen on the outside, but you don't react to it. You mentioned, I think, after the second game that, you know, what a key person Brandon Crawford's going to be. If he hits like home runs, they're going to be a good team. In some way, is these Clafani, who obviously pitched so well yesterday, sort of like that? I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here, but it feels like when this these Clafani is going to be good, your rotation is going to be really good. Am I is there any kind of familiar, you know, sense of that to you? Do, do you feeling that? Yeah, no, I think that's actually um a really good way to look at it too. So, and it, and it runs counter to some of the small sample analysis that, that goes on. So Tony is one of our six, you know, maybe seven starters. So if he's having a good season as he did in, in 2021, that's a major, major factor. Brandon Crawford is one of, you know, 13 or so position players. So if he is performing at a high level, you know, everybody else around him is, is going to, to be better as a result. So I actually think that's a, a great thing to focus on. And, and it is a, a big picture, long-term kind of analysis. So, yes, if Tony Lee is pitching like he pitched for us yesterday, throwing a ton of strikes, sliders just off the plate, but on the plate whenever he wants, um, change up, working fastball in that you know, 92 to 95 range, sometimes even north of that when he's feeling his best a great signal for for the Giants. Another guy, obviously, so key is Tyro Estrada. First of all, have you gotten the test back at all from his leg? He felt the foul ball. He, he hit off his leg. What we're um, thinking right now is just uh, they just hit him square in the calf. So no, nothing bony. We haven't gotten any scans on him, and um, our our medical staff doesn't think that's necessary. You're batting him third. You know what what you know what that means now versus what it meant ten years ago. I don't know, but he's sitting in the three hole. He's Playing the middle infield, your back starting second baseman's backup shortstop can hit, you know, hit with some power, can steal bases. I mean, he looks like one of the, you know the, the the pivot points of this lineup. Where's your thoughts on Estrada, and you know, where where can he go offensively and defensively for this team? No, I mean that's great. So, and you mentioned lineup construction. If we're trying to make a decision between, let's say, Tyro in the three and David VR in the six or vice versa, VR in the three or Tyro in the six. That's also a really good signal 
you know, for the Giants because both of those guys are are producing and we we want them in the lineup regularly. They're two of our young players that can really change the direction of this franchise. So um yeah, that that's a huge deal. Tyro was one of our most valuable position players in in twenty twenty two and um has been a contributor for a long time. So we think this is this is real and um anytime our young players that have a lot of years in the Giants uniform to come are performing, it's uh, it's reason to get excited. And, and as you mentioned, Tyro plays up the middle. He's an improving and developing defender as well. So I think there's a lot of room for growth and excitement there. You know, I got to ask you about the catcher position. And this is not small sample size. You, you and Farhan have been talking about, you know, Joey Bart did not, nothing was going to be given to him. There are improvements he, he needed to make uh, behind the plate and hit in making contact. Uh, he obviously is injured right now, but looks like Roberto Perez is is moving into that slot. We'll see. You got Blake Sable now. Gary Sanchez signed. W- what do you? How do you view the catching spot? Like, what do you want out of your catcher? Like, when you look at this, this is what we need out of a catcher. And do you think it's kind of solidifying right now for you guys? Right. So um, I would say defense is a, an important factor for us, but we don't measure defense one way. Right. It's a combination of framing. Of being able to get pitches at the edges that, that might be balls for other catchers turned into strikes for us. It's blocking, which is a really important part of producing confidence for our pitchers. It's the ability to control the running game, both with top times, uh, the, the amount of time it takes you to get rid of the baseball and arm strength. So all of those things, it's kind of like a math equation, right? If you have a good top time and you have good arm strength, it can be really different. And the pitcher is controlling the running game as well, where it's relatively quick to the plays then you have a chance to throw runners out of second base. So there's that. There's the leadership of uh, the pitching staff. There's game calling. And all of those things are are things that we're analyzing and, and to create this all-encompassing evaluation of a catcher on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, in a perfect world, we have a left-handed hitting catcher and a right-handed hitting catcher um, that we can kind of deploy and, and use some, like, matchup-based um, decisions, right? And so, you know, if Blake Sable, by way of example, can handle the responsibilities behind the plate, if he can swing the bat and hit the ball with authority and make good swing, swing decisions at the plate, um, and he can, you know, lead a pitching staff, that would be huge for us. If Joey Bart is able to, to make big strides and become a guy that we can depend on regularly as, as a core piece of our team, that's big for us too. Roberto's holding down the fort right now and um, doing a really nice job of, of leading his pitching staff. He's, uh, been a part of the two victories that we've had uh, so far this season. And obviously Gary Sanchez has some real significant upside, um, as much power as, as anybody in baseball and um, one of the stronger arms around the league, if not, well, he's at the top of the league when it comes to just pure arm strength. So we're trying to create uh, an opportunity for somebody or a collection of this group to step up and, and you know, take the bull by the horns and take control of, of our, our direction and we think that there's you know when you have a talented group of guys but you know none who have you know have already taken control of, of that position we we hope that one of them will uh, were you and farhan in a way just you know you were so clear about joey bart not being gifted a position uh, a role i mean was there a sense like it had to happen for or it has to happen for bart right now uh, or you just need or else you, you might have to go another way well, right now, Joey's you know, not healthy. And so um, I think what we've said all along is, is true, which is that 
baseball at the highest level at the major league level is a competition for everybody and eventually it's a, it's a merit-based performance-based thing and sure you have guys who you bring in on on long-term contracts who are just going to get the most growth they're going to get the most opportunities um, to fail and then you have veteran players that have done it year in year out and those guys are going to get um, a ton of opportunities and then what what happens with with young guys who come up guys like David VR and Kyle Estrada and, and Joey Bard and hopefully in the future Marco Luciano and um, Luis Matos and Patrick Bailey is they get you have to give them a window and a runway to, to have some success so with Joey we feel like we've given him that runway and that window and, and now it's time for him to step up and, and, and perform and so we're still that window is still open for him and, and we're going to try to give him more opportunities and right now it's going to be merit and performance based you've gone through a lot in the catching position you know 2020 with buster out you kind of had some journeymen in there and, and it was a kind of a piecemeal buster had an amazing year in 21 i mean you can't ask for more of a catcher than that buster retires you kind of go through some other stuff trying to get joey in there it just has it felt like you're always trying to put something together catcher like how important is this process for you for this team has it been kind of up down roller coaster for you at this position i think it's been what most or a lot of teams maybe not most a lot of, of teams experience at the catching position it's, it's hard to find catchers that do what Buster Posey did, which is all of the things that you could possibly ask for. So um, yeah, obviously we were, we were pretty spoiled in 21 with Buster and, and I'll have to you know, express that to Giants fans who saw that greatness for, for a decade. My instinct is that other than that, it's just a lot of like, as I mentioned, competition, which is a really healthy thing. And, um, you know, we'll keep opening that competition until somebody says, this is, this is mine and I'm going to, I'm going to own this position. Uh, when I talked to Farhan recently, we thought, you know, asked him a little about the progression, you know, you, it's been a little bit different because you get to 107 wins when probably was not foreseeable for, for a lot of reasons. And then a drop to 81 wins, you know, that's not a terrible season. You and I talked about that, but it is, it is a drop. Uh, and, and where the organization is. I just wonder, as, as from a coaching staff view, Gabe, w- do you feel like there's like totally a, a kind of a rise up and in, 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 in the things that your guys are looking at, your your assist, your coaches and you, is there a progression for what you, you are doing and what you're trying to do from year to year to year? Well, sure. I think you've heard, um, you've heard Farhan say, um, I think you've heard our players say, I'll say it as well. I think this is a solid roster. Um, this, this 2023 Giants team is a really, really good start and foundation. Um, and now it's our responsibility and the players' responsibility to get the most out of this roster. But you know, 2021 was a roster that probably wasn't um, quite as deep as this roster is. But um, the players were, were performing at a really high level. Our veteran players came back and had a, a huge season. Guys like Crawford and Longoria and obviously Buster Posey had one of the better years of his, his career. Um, so now, in order to, to have a spectacular season at the major league level, a lot of those things have to come together. And you know, the, the responsibility of the coaches is to put the, the players in the best possible position to succeed through preparation and we are we're very committed to that um, that doesn't guarantee going deep into the postseason but 
that will give us our best chance and we feel like we're positioned well at the start of the 23 season to make a really good run. And um, yeah, I don't think it has to go much further than that. You mentioned to me in the off season, like, you know, when I was, we were going to keep you know asking the star, sign star, sign the big name. And you said, you know what? No team is one player away. It's and you hammered defense, defense, got to get better defense where you saw last season, maybe some loose ends was on the defense. It, it just gave up runs. Pitchers had to pitch, throw more pitches. And I took took that as a hint that maybe you weren't so sure about going after a big name or getting a big name. And I, you know, we know the pursuit for Judge. We know the Carlos Correa situation. But in your mind, were you thinking, okay, this likely that isn't going to happen? And there are so many other little ways or even medium ways that you have to focus on more. I think so far this season, and again, I'll you know, I'll say it's a really small sample. We've seen some guys make some some solid defensive plays. Uh, I think a really good example was the Giancarlo Stanton ground ball that they crawl and, and Estrada were able to turn into a double play to, to end that game. So, um, that was a, a, the type of play that we were challenged with more last year. So um, if we're able to make those kind of plays consistently and, you know, four games is not enough, David Vian made a, a few nice plays over the last couple of days as well. Our outfield defense seemingly has improved, but again, four games. So if we're able to keep that up, it will protect a deep starting rotation. Um, and I think that was the area that we invested in. Season. Uh, yesterday, you saw Sekhavani and Manaya combine to help us win that game, although Manaya didn't have his best outings. You were going to see some of that where we combine a couple of pitchers to win a baseball game. So you're right. It is a collection of individuals that win. It is not, you know, one star coming in and making all the difference. There are a few out there that are, are just better than the rest of the league. And, of course, you like to have those guys on your team. But it's a small step forward on the defensive side. It's a, a small step forward in the bullpen. It's some of these offensive players, um, you know, having better years than they had last year. Um, it's having a little bit of a deeper bench. And to be honest, in order for us to win, we need one of our young players, one or two of our young players, guys like David, guys like Tyro, to really become you know, solid, solid, above average major leaguers or a guy like Casey Schmidt or a combination of those guys. And um, and that's really what's going to make the big difference for us and put us in the postseason and, and deep into the postseason. You mentioned uh, Patrick Bailey. You mentioned Casey Schmidt. Is there a, a one or two guys you can also can mention that kind of caught your eye in spring training who you're keeping an eye on that, that are, is not on the roster right now? I mean, I think Kyle Harrison definitely falls into that category. He's a guy who, if he's right and, um, you know, is, continues his development, which means, I think, in, in some ways, just controlling his fastball a little bit more and uh, continuing to be able to land his, his off-speed pitches for a strike. He can make an impact for, on our roster this year. And I, I don't think it, it hurts to like talk a little bit more about Pat Bailey, who our coaching staff and our, our scouts and basically everybody in our organization believes can be a major league catcher right now as a defender and has a little bit more work to do um, at the plate. But he's a guy that can, can make an impact on our roster this season. Um, Luciano was as good as I've seen him in camp. Um, challenge for him is to definitely stay healthy, but then also to continue his defensive work and um, control the strike zone just a little bit better. But yeah, these are guys that I think are worth getting excited about. Got to ask, but that Saturday finish in, in New York when you got Camilo Duvall go out there and 
He's got the ball one immediately. Did you know the clock was coming down? And, and is that a communication you can have with like screaming out to the pitcher and catcher, like, hurry up, hurry up? Were you aware of all this happening as the clock was winding down and expiring? <laughs> of course. Of course. It's, uh, you know, the, the clocks are everywhere. So in the ballparks, and I'm sure you'll see this when we get home, it's a, uh, you're not missing it, right? So, Yes, we're trying to communicate to the dugout or from the dugout to our pitcher and our catcher. Um, but it's one of those things that we need to be on top of with Camilo before he comes into a game, first and foremost. So I don't think anybody anticipated the, the challenges that he faced in New York, mainly because he was so good in spring training with, with handling the pitch box. Um, and I think going forward, we have some systems in place to make sure that we we remind him before he reached the bullpen um, about kind of speeding the pace up just a little bit. Seemed like the rain kind of delayed that. Did you sense that too? Maybe. I mean, I don't know how much stock I'd put into it. I think more than anything else, it was just um, things sped up a little bit. It was first game of the season, you know, Yankee Stadium, a lot on the line, and he was probably trying to slow things down at the time and um, didn't realize how, how fast the clock was moving, to be honest. All right, I'll end this with a version of the question I've asked you many times. I ask all my guests. Uh, Gabe Kapler, I think I, I told you I was going to ask this question before, and I'm trying to remember now. It's early in the morning, but Gabe Kapler, what's your favorite movie right now? And you can change the topic if you wish, if I surprise you with that one. I think I said, what's your favorite movie right now? Uh, no, that's cool. I'm actually going to go TV show. So, um, oh, TV show. And, yeah, and I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the favorite thing because I think that just takes too much. You know, I think that takes too much work. I, what I would say is there's a show that um, I've been watching that – I think is really cool. It's called High Fidelity, um, and it's on Hulu, and it's with Zoe Kravitz, and it's about a record store. And it's for me, it's kind of funny. It's um, a little bit quirky. I mean, kind of you're talking about you know music, and you have a, a good lead actor in Kravitz. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. So I wouldn't say it's my favorite show, but a show that I've enjoyed recently. Excellent. All right, Gabe. I appreciate the time on your off day in Chicago. Uh, always appreciate the conversation. I'll, I'll see you Friday at the home opener. Been looking forward, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much. That's the show for today, everybody.